Hello and welcome to the latest edition of TechLink in Conversation from the Technical Connection team. Our podcast is designed to review the topical bulletins published on TechLink, the leading technical knowledge management tool for all things tax, trusts, pensions and much, much more. I'm Eddie Grant, a director at Technical Connection. In previous episodes, we have discussed investing for children, the budget and the era of higher taxation. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Simon Martin, a chartered financial planner and tax, trust and corporate planning expert. Hello, Simon. How are you? Hi, Eddie. I'm very well, thanks. Enjoying the, uh, the recent sunny spell and, uh, and long may it continue. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so today, Simon, we're going to talk a little bit about your focus, which is on strategic corporate planning ideas for business owners. Perhaps uh, you could begin with an outline of the corporate market and how planners could develop their corporate clients if they're not currently in that market. Thanks, Eddie. I can, I can certainly do that. Let me start, if I may, with a, a couple of stats. I know you, like me, uh, are quite a fan. So in December 2020, there were 4.6 million active companies in the UK. And surprisingly, that is more than pre-COVID. So there are more active companies now than there were in kind of February, March 2020. Whereas in 2012, there were only 2.8 million companies. So the number of companies in the UK has grown about 65% in less than 10 years. And, and for me, that, that really shows the uh, direction of travel in terms of that, that kind of market. I mean, what we see, and certainly what we have seen, is that every, each and every time there is a, a kind of financially difficult period, a challenging period, a recession, we always see a burst in, in company formations. And I think it's largely down to a number of factors. But for me, the big one is uh, kind of fixed, structured, secure jobs. Some people get removed. And those people think, now's a great time to start a business. I've always had this idea. I'd love to do it. And, and now is, I think, as good a time as any. Um, and, 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 and let me ask you a question, Eddie, quickly. Do you know what following companies have in common? So WhatsApp, Groupon, Instagram, Uber, and Airbnb? Innovation? When, yes, absolutely. But they were all started in, in a deep recession. So all of those successful businesses were all started in a recession. And I guess it, it raises the question, would those have started if there weren't that recession? You know, would the, the, the innovators in those businesses, and you're right, they are incredibly innovative, would they have started that business? Or would they have perhaps seen their days out in an, I'm sure, successful, secure, employed job? So let's take that to a financial planning perspective. Imagine you were the, the advisor working with those companies from the start. What, what an opportunity that would have been. Uh, and my question to you is, you know, who are those companies of 2021? Who are those companies that, in light of the current situation, are, are going to be the ones we look back in five, 10 years' time and say, wow, Company X started during the pandemic and then look at them now. And, and, and that, for me, is the opportunity. You, know, you can be the advisor to those um, companies of the future. Uh, furthermore, the, the SME space and space is, I think, notoriously under-advised. You know, protection, pensions, investment, asset growth, extraction, there is, there is a real need. Um, and, and for a lot, I think, of, of, of financial planners who deal with, with, with corporates, 
you know, the business sale at the end is, is where you can add some real value. There's huge opportunities for, for you. But there are also opportunities all the way along that journey. And I think being a trusted advisor is, you know, it's going to be great along the way, but it also puts you in a great place to be the sole advisor at, at the point of, of that business sale. So I hope that's not too long an answer, but there's a lot going on. The market is, has grown, is growing. And uh, there's a, for me, there's a, there's a real need in that, in that market for, for good, holistic, long-term financial planning advice. That's really interesting. So, so just going that back. So, if if I were, uh, was a planner and my client has been employed for many years and perhaps been made redundant, um, then you know my relationship has changed as they as they go and start their new business. So, so I need to uh, I need to be ready to be actually deal with that client that I've had for a long time as they change as their life changes. So is, is that what you're seeing with a number of the, the advisors you're talking to? I think certainly. I think there's a, there's a broad spread. Some people focus very much on business owners and some people have moved into that business owner uh, market for exactly that reason. So, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're seeing that uh, consistently across the market. Um, and, and it works because fundamentally the skill set of a good goals-based financial planner is the same. Where are they? Where do they want to get? why they want to get there and how can you build that plan with them and the um the pandemic's been really interesting for for business hasn't it in that um you know there have been some businesses that have, have flourished they 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 their business model has been right and uh they've been accessible in in, in this period of lockdown and then you have other businesses that have uh, really struggled obviously the the corporate hospitality industry has has taken a real battering over the last twelve months. So if 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 I was talking to clients who have actually flourished and and now have profits in their in their business, what what should I be saying to them? Yeah, it's a really really good question. There's lots that can be be saying to them. And before we go on to that, there's a I think one particularly really useful technical bulletin all around a detailed overview of corporate corporate tax, including extraction, entrepreneurs relief, business relief. So, so getting a good good understanding of that. But but as you say, extracting profits is in many ways become more challenging over the years. There's been a number of things that have impacted that. But if you think just from pensions, for example, you like me can probably remember 2005, 2006, when the annual allowance was over 250,000 pounds. So if you, you know, did the annual allowance, new tax year, change input periods, in some scenarios, you get almost three quarters of a million into a pension in a matter of days. Well, well those days are gone with the annual allowance being what it is. The lifetime allowance reduced significantly. You know, it was up at, at 1.8. It's dropped down up a little bit, but but that's dropped. So that has, has made things more challenging. Dividend tax has gone up a little in the last few years, you know, with the uh, the inception of the, the dividend allowance and, and the slightly higher tax rates through the bans. So what, what we've seen is that uh, planners and, and, and business owners saying, well, what else can we do? And, and a couple of ideas that I've been talking to a lot of uh, corporate financial planners around is actually, why not leave the money in the business for a while? Look at you know involving yourself into some, some corporate investing, so taking corporate cash, and investing it within the company. Invest it within the company uh, using equity collectives. You can do it in a very, very tax efficient way. 
the dividends received by the by the company from the equity collective are going to be free of further taxation. So you can effectively roll up a dividend or roll up the dividend within the investment and get a very tax efficient growth. I say growth in, in brackets because it's um, actually a, 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 a incorporation of dividends. But you can get a very tax efficient growth and using an equity collective allows you to defer the taxation until, until the end. So you can invest in a very, very tax efficient way over the medium to long term, particularly attractive for those people who think, as yet, I don't really want to take the money out of the business. There's no point because I don't need it necessarily. I don't want to spend 32.5% or 38.1% dividend tax just to take it out. So it can be invested within the business. It can be invested in a really, really tax-efficient way. But of course, that raises the obvious question, which is when, where, and how do you get it out? And I think there are a couple of strategies that I've seen and I've worked with planners on that I think have been really, really attractive. One of which is to simply leave it invested until you're ready to liquidate the business or to sell, at which point you can surrender the investment, pay any corporation taxes due and liquidate or sell. And under current rules, that will be taxed as a capital withdrawal, taxed at 10% in the basic rate. And if you qualify for what well, was entrepreneurs relief, now business asset disposal relief, or worst case scenario, 20%. So it gives them a, you know, allows them to use the capital rates, which of course are very far more attractive currently than income tax. What that then allows them to do is think, well, actually I'm, I'm deferring my tax, but deferring by deferring it, and deferring it back to a lower rate as well. Now, of course, there are a number of things they need to be aware of, including uh, making sure that their holdings in non-trading assets, such as investments, don't jeopardize their entrepreneur's relief and their business relief, which of course, um, I think puts you in a good light as a planner. You're not just saying, I'll just invest this money, we can do it well. And I'm sure you can, but by considering entrepreneur's relief, by considering business relief, by engaging with their professional advisors, such as their accountant, I think it can demonstrate that you are really thinking about the long-term planning of their business. And another option, and I've seen this more and more, and I personally quite quite like it, it's an option, is to invest within the company. And this is particularly attractive for those people who can't really sell their business. They've got a corporate structure, but I guess mostly the reason is that you are the business. So if you're not there, the business doesn't really hold any value. But you don't want to take the money out, so you invest as before, very, very tax efficiently. Then when your business stops trading, you can keep the money that you invested, and effectively it becomes a family investment company, giving you options at the point of retirement. So you can use it to draw income down, and if you draw it as dividends, and you're a basic rate taxpayer, you're only going to be taxed at a maximum of 7.5%. If you're married, you've got two lots of effectively 50K and basic rate allowances. So it allows you to draw the income in quite a tax efficient way um, until that's gone. For me, the key thing that allows them to do is any defined contribution pension pots they can defer for many years. So actually they're leaving them growing. You're leaving your IHT efficient asset growing rather than drawing on it. And, and you know, furthermore, yes, the argument is always but surely you're going to lose entrepreneurs' relief and business relief. And that's right, you will. But if you never sell or liquidate the company, entrepreneurs' relief is, is not important because you're going to draw it all down as income at 7.5%. And, 
And if it's drawn down for death, business relief becomes less important. So, uh, I mean, there's a couple of options. You know, there are a huge number of ways that may be of interest to clients, but but that the need sometimes to extract the money is is sometimes too strong for clients who are actually really invested in thinking this is going to be an investment company that I'm going to use in retirement or even gift to the children. I don't need it. I've got lots of other assets. I'm going to gift my investment company to my children and they can use it in ret- they can use it for their lifetime or they can pass on to, to their children. You're creating a kind of family, family investment company that the, the fruit of your hard work is not just helping you and your immediate family, but but your wider family. And I, I suppose um it goes without saying there's there's loads in Tetlink as you as you mentioned um, that that people could go and have a look at uh, if they wanted to to find out more about the options for for clients. Yes. Um, just yeah. So just just thinking. Um, I, was, I was thinking about the protection market as well because that's that's often um, talked about um, both in the personal marketplace where there's lot of under insurance so where you think about business protection is it the same as the personal market where it's un- is a lot of under insurance and 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 how can how can i as a planner get get involved more in that protection market yeah absolutely i mean as with personal protection it's a significant uh significant level of under insurance if you think about people who work for large corporates you know most of them have got death in service they might have private medical insurance they might have lots of different things that kind of bump up their, their protection. But business owners, may, particularly those that have recently come from working for large corporates, may have previously had that and that's gone. So there's, there'll be a personal protection need for business owners, but also a business protection need for business owners, um, which is a, you know, it is a challenging market because does business protection naturally resonate with business people? Well, sometimes it does, but, but very often it doesn't. And I, I wonder if that's because they're natural, optimistic enthusiasts. You know, they're not people who think, oh, it's going to happen to me, I'm going to say, bad's going to happen. You know, they've started a new business, they're feeling enthusiastic, they're, they're feeling and seeing the opportunity in front of them, which, which is great, is a, an appropriate mindset for someone that is an SME entrepreneur. But those risks are, are, are factors of fact, not of how they feel about them. So there is an important element to getting them across. And, and I think for me, Business protection works best as part of a, a wider plan. You've sat down with your business owner client. You've built them a, a fantastic goals-based, holistic financial plan that focuses on where they want to get to, how far on that journey they are. Most importantly, why do they want to get there? What does it mean for them as an individual to get to their goals? And you've built that for them. And what business protection does is take some risk off the table. Yeah, and business owners like talking about risk. That's a, that's a language that they understand. Would you do something that's going to take the risk of you failing to get to your objectives off the table? Well, actually, yes, I could. You know, I've built your plan. It's a fantastic, it's tax efficient. We've done it in a way that suits you and you, you perfectly. But actually, there's a few potential bumps along the road. What happens if one of your shareholders passes away? What happens if your key sales director is sick? What happens if, what happens if? There are a few risks. So what we're going to do alongside your plan I built you is put in place a couple of policies to make sure that even if those things happen, your uh, goals and objectives are not going to be going to be taken away. So so positioning it as um, a really clear part of their financial plan, not just a standalone policy, 
that, that you've come to put in place for them is, is hugely important. Um, the, the, the aspects of it can be a little complicated. The taxation does raise a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions from planners around how's it taxed, why is it taxed like that? Again, TechLink has got three or four really, really in-depth articles around shareholder protection, key person, loan protection, and relevant life that goes through the taxation, how they use the structuring, you know, really, really comprehensive overviews that you can you can read if you're looking to move into this market. I've always been um, surprised when talking to to business owners. Um, uh, when you think when you talk about relevant life, it's it's, it's a real uh, obvious option for them, especially those that have come from the from the employed environment. Um, but it, it, it's an area that a lot of business owners are just not aware of. Um, and some of the professional connections we deal with haven't really heard of it. Uh, is, is that your experience as well? Yes, very much. I mean, I'm going to talk from a taxation perspective initially, but it's as close to a tax no-brainer as, as you're ever going to get for an SME. The business pays, it's corporation tax deductible, it's family protection in effect, it's um, no benefit in kind, it goes into trust on death, so it doesn't fall into the IHT estate of, of the beneficiaries. You know, absolutely, it's it's kind of a hygiene factor that everyone should tick off really quickly. And I, and I think it's a great discussion point with with business owners and, and even more so accountants, who you would hope, uh, you know, really have a detailed understanding of it. But from my experience, and, you know, experience is only minor compared to the rest of the, the market, but they don't always. And it's a great discussion point, I would, I would suggest. So... Um... As listeners know, we we always like people to to um, finish the the podcast with sort of three great ideas to to, to implement. So, uh, as a planner thinking about developing the corporate market, um, what should I be thinking of, Simon, um, to to do that? What three great ideas have you got for me? Okay, three. As you say, first one is uh, ensure that they've got a, a robust plan. So ensure that your 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 advising the corporate market always has a robust plan, and and that should be underscored with an understanding of why. I think sometimes we can be as, as planners uh, too too kind of technically minded, and I think everyone I'm certainly guilty of that. But actually understanding why why they want to get there, what it means to them to be able to help their family, what it means to them to be able to retire at fifty five or you know whatever it might be, and understanding. The kind of the uh, the emotion behind their plan is, is is number one. Number two, making the most use of their corporate cash. More, lots of businesses have been really really successful. Been a challenging time for many, but lots have been really really successful. And making sure that they are not just sitting there with you know lots of money sitting in the deposit account, not building towards that plan. You know, not utilizing allowances, not utilizing exemptions, not you know not uh, enhancing the, their, their their walk towards their plan would be would be number two, uh, and, and number three is, is think about risk, uh, but don't think about risk as we think about it. But maybe think about it more like a business owner. They're on their journey. The risks are the things that can you know throw them off, and and how can they mitigate that risk? And, and I was chatting to someone recently. We were talking about them using a pension as a means of mitigating risk for their client. Because you can imagine you're a business owner. You've got all of your current and future wealth is based on 
one small single company share. Think about that from a risk perspective. It's incredibly risky, incredibly risky. So what can we do to mitigate some of that risk? What can we do to mitigate the risk that that company, sometimes through no fault of their own, goes, go, you know, crashes and burns? You know, if you had a, you know, a sector decline, if you were, you know, to use your example from, from earlier, Eddie, if you were a wedding business or a hospitality business in February 2020, no matter how good you are, you can't get around the fact that the government's made it illegal for you to trade in effect. So that's a risk that you're running. But had you been extracting money into your pension, for example, actually you've got been able to diversify across other sectors, across other geographies, across other companies that mitigates that risk so that even if one sector goes down, you're also diversified across a number of others and it can start to mitigate that risk. And, and of course, the obvious one, which I've already mentioned, is, is business protection as well. So three great ideas, a robust plan, uh, corporate ca- cash, make sure you're, you, you're actively thinking about corporate cash, uh, thinking about risk. So um, as you know, I, I, I like Desert Island Dis and, and, the, and the waves come away and take one of, at least one of your great ideas. Which one is, is the one to, to focus on if I had to focus on one? Yeah, good question. I think if you had to focus on one, it would be the need for a plan. You know, business owners are very focused on the here and now, their business, the next sale, the next deal, the next opportunity. But actually take that one, take them one step back and, and help them build a long term, robust, holistic plan would be my yeah, would be my one if the if the waves washed away the other two. <laughs> Fantastic. That's uh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for uh, your uh, time today, Simon. Really, really appreciate it. Um, I just want to also thank uh, all the listeners uh, to TechLink in Conversation. Um, really pleased that you've joined us today. Uh, please don't forget that um, there's a wealth of information, videos, libraries, bulletins in TechLink for you to access. If you're not currently a subscriber, then there is a free trial opportunity as well. So, so uh, please use that to, to get a sense of what we have uh, on offer and uh, and how you can access it. So uh, thank you, everyone, for, you, for your time. Thank you, Simon. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, everyone. The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. Accordingly, neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers, employees or contractors can take responsibility for any loss occasioned as a result of any such action or inaction.